You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie. I'm here with Christy. Um, I, I, how you doing? I'm good. I stink. <laughs> you stink? I just smelled myself. <laughs> I know. I was like, I stink. I'm so sorry. I'm so staring at you across the table, and now I guess I should no, be grateful so. I'm not sitting next to no, you. No. Uh-huh. But we had hey. a game this morning, and so then... I could have okay. put more under, I mean, underwear. I could have put more deodorant on. Uh-huh. Maybe underwear too. Who I knows mean, at this point in this conversation? It all helps. Everything helps. <laughs> oh That's my right. goodness. Um, okay. I have a question for you. What okay, is, tell me. what is your, um, when you, okay. So when you were growing up and you had an alarm clock. Yes. Do you remember what that sound was when the alarm would go off? Yeah. Cause we still have the alarm clock. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I still have the alarm clock I've used since I was like 14. Let's just pause for a minute and take the I passed it along to my children Shut and they have all used it. So it's an heirloom now. Amazing. Let's go song. Yes. Yeah. It's like that, but super loud. This is the most annoying thing and ever. And what's funny is it would not wake up my son. I remember you saying Like that. our big he joke, it would wake up the whole house. And our big joke was we needed to get one of those alarms that shook your bed yeah. at the same time. But yeah, we still have it. Okay. I still that's have it hilarious. in my house. I did not know that when I asked that question. So that's know. extra fun there. The other day, I'm asking this because the other day I had Creighton's phone by my bed. And he had to wake up at like 530. So I guess he set his phone. My alarm clock sounds, I think mine is kind of, nope, that's not mine. So there's all these different alarm clock yeah. sounds, right? Here's one. That's mine. Oh, it's so gentle. It's gentle. It's gentle. Here's it's easy mine. look. Here's mine right now. That's like I can envision like Tom and Jerry, the round alarm clock shaking yeah, that's as exactly. that goes off. And you know what's funny is when I was younger, that was the first alarm clock my parents got me before this one that we still have was one of the ones you had to wind. Yeah. And then it went back and forth like uh-huh. that. I uh-huh. had that for so long and it woke me up. And so I don't yeah. know if maybe it's nostalgic for me. Maybe that's maybe why so. I pick it. Well, Greg has one that's calm and it's quiet and it's progressive. Like it just, and he has a, you know, his phone is a Samsung. So he messes up all of our yes, your group, group text, text messages. You can't name them. No, it's horrible. But <gasps> oh, he won't Greg, switch to the dark side. On. I know he won't do it. Um, but his is progressive. So it starts off small, like yes. quiet and it gets loud. And it's easy. Like it's not easy. But legit the other morning, Creighton, I have his phone by my bed. I didn't know I had his phone by my bed. But this is what, and I was, I mean, I, st- what is happening? There is a Fire alarm going off in the hotel. Like, and that what is, is definitely, going on? that is what my old alarm sounds like. That is exactly what it sounds like. And it's loud. Loud. So then I saw this fun thing that I'm going to change mine. Let's see if I can figure it out. This is what my new alarm clock is going to sound like. <laughs> you get up, awesome. Christy. Get up for your day. Yeah. Well yes. done. Wake yes. up. Yes. Wake up. That's exactly what it is. That's going to be a clapping for me to get up. I love that. That is so so fun. I mean, it's probably not. I have other options on here, but I mean, alarm clocks are a big deal. Like we grew up with one alarm clock sound mm-hmm. and now these kids have thousands. Like you can even do your, and you can download, song. you can down Exactly. This can be your alarm clock. You can download whatever you want. Yeah. Well, oh see, and, and Joel originally had music and it wouldn't wake him up at all. So we were like, you can't keep having your fun music. You literally just play it in your dream or something. Like you don't wake up. So then he had to go to the, my old one, like we use that, but that wouldn't wake him up either. So now these kids have the ones that shake their beds, you know, but I mean, some people have a hard time waking up. Like, I don't think I would have woken up to a gentle alarm when I was younger. I don't Mm -hmm. think I would have. I think I needed a big loud. (laughs) Really? I think it changes your day. Like if you went, when I woke up to Creighton's, I was just the whole, like the whole morning. Just like, oh my God. Yes. Your cortisol. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I did not like that feeling all day. So, but so you can wake up to the gen and I can now. Cause I think I was wake up to the, yes. Listen to this. You could also wake up to this sound. (laughs) No, no. Or this. Mm -hmm. Now that would be fun. If I could wake up to that. No. 
Not we bad. I mean, all these options. Actually. Here's another. Here's another fun one. Now, some people would probably like yeah, to my wake neighbor up to would. that. He, he actually wakes me up sometimes when he leaves for work early. I can hear that. Y'all, these are all alarm clocks. There's your old phone. You can do anything. Oh, that would be hilarious. Would you want to wake up to... No. <laughs> uh-uh. No. Oh. oh, that's so sad. And here's your last one. We now are on a submarine, and here's our sonar sounds. Oh, my goodness. I just thought it was interesting. I just wanted to know what y'all's alarm clocks mm-hmm. sound like. Yeah, that was... Well, and... For so long, we got our kids different alarms because, of course, they couldn't have their phones in their rooms. That's us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we ended up, so they had real alarm clocks since Joel having my old one, but they uh-huh. all had their own because they weren't allowed to have phones in their rooms. And so um, now Bella's a senior, so she does because um, that's our thing is you're about to go to college. So we're right. helping you learn how to deal with that responsibly. But right. um but yeah, so they had to have, and they're, you're kind of, you're limited when you use an old school alarm, except for there are some cool alarm clocks now that you can download. You just pay more money for them. You we, can't, we like I paid, cheap ones. well, I paid for but, the hands clapping. Uh-huh. But my kids, again, don't have their phones Right, by their so bed. what do they use? They have their... an old school one that's okay. like, but I don't even know what it sounds like. I think it's just beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Okay. but it's not the, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> You said that good. I tried that earlier. I couldn't do it. It was terrible. <laughs> You gotta get the side of the mouth. Yeah, you did a good job. Well done. Well done. Um, anyway, Shannon, what do you wake up to in the morning? I think I just wake up. Okay, you no, gotta sit close I mean. to the microphone. Yeah, oh, sorry. We got I our special guest. We're running up. right into it today. Sorry. That's sorry. okay. Yeah, no, I think I just, because I don't sleep hard. Okay. So, like, anything. if you know it, you have if to wake up at moves, six. If the dog moves, if the dogs are ready to go out, I'm okay, I'm up. But if you have to wake up at six, you wake up at like five fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, my I husband's do. like that. I do. I, I'm more like that now than I mm-hmm. used to be just after having kids, mm-hmm. because yeah. any little thing wakes me up. Like our sprinklers go off and I wake up. You right. Know? So when right. Oh, go yeah. up at six, yep. you're waking up or whatever. So this voice but. you're hearing is Shannon Boz Boz. We're happy to have her. She is a parent trainer. Man, you just ran right into that. Uh-huh. Well, why not? Let's get to the good stuff. She said she, this is her jam. She had so much to say. I'm ready for her to talk and give us a (laughs) I just love her last name. I had to ask Christy. Okay. Is it phonetically correct or is there something I should, because it says Boz Boz. There's no trick. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it's so fun. Uh Shannon Boz Boz. Mm -hmm. Uh That would be the most fun name as a teacher. Mrs. Boz Boz. Oh, you should see. I get notes. I get, you know, notes from kids and it's Mrs. Boz. B-O-S-S, B-O-S-S, or, you know, like, oh, boss, they boss. like, I, I mean, it. all the things, all the things. And then That's they look awesome. at me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, you can laugh the first time I tell you, but then after that, let's just, you know, we got to go move on. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> move great. Past it. That's great. Well, I saw you at a coffee shop and it was uh-huh. like in the morning Yeah. and I've known you to be a teacher and right. I was like, why are you not in the classroom? And then uh-huh. that's when you said you're working as a parent trainer. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like, oh. I bet you have so many great stories. You've worked mm-hmm. in DISD. You've worked in Richardson ISD. You've worked around here. And so what does a parent trainer do? So um, we go in and we help people at home and in the community um, with everything that is not academic. So uh, behavior, social skills, communication, safety, we can do, you know, address all of that according to the needs that they have. So how do you get on your list? Um, you have to have an IEP. Okay. And so it's a special right. education service. It is. It's a special education service. And um, you might ask for it. You might tell your child's teacher, hey, we need some help with this at home because you're doing it at school, but they're not, you know, generalizing the skill to home. Or the teacher might say, hey, I'm wondering Mm. if you could use a little help at home because we see the difficult behaviors here and we can't imagine that they're doing them here and not at home. So, Okay, so I have a friend who's Mm -hmm. got a kid that they are struggling with him in the classroom. He's younger. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, anger, mm-hmm. lots of anger, ADD, mm-hmm. sweet kid, mm-hmm. but he has moments. Right. And he'll go on rants and raves mm-hmm. at home. He'll do it a little bit at school, mm-hmm. not a lot at home. Mm-hmm. But if he had that, if he had that ability to, what would you do for them at home? Let's do it that way. Um, I mean, you know, it depends. It's 
Um, it's a very general question. It you is. Can take it, it is. So, so the process yeah. kind of looks like you, the parent signs paperwork saying, yes, you can come observe my student in the classroom. You can talk to the teacher. You can talk to us. Um, and we would watch and see what is going on in the classroom. And okay. So we see what's working in the classroom and we then go meet with the parents and we try to figure out why the connection isn't happening from home, uh, school to home. Mm. And that might be um, creating some kind of a visual system that serves as a reminder. It might be a task list. It might be helping the parents kind of change the message that they're sending. You know, can you, can you um, say that in a more positive way as opposed to saying, you never get up in the morning and do what you're supposed to do. Let's say, oh, I love the way you got up. Let's do this next. Give us another example of that um, kind of stuff. So we do lots of task lists. Uh, and the reason behind doing a task list for like a routine schedule kind of thing that happens at home, like let's take the mornings, for example. Mm, which if are rough you sometimes. know, right, which are super rough. Mm-hmm. Um we might say, okay, the three things you need your kid to do are um, put on their clothes, get their backpack, and eat their breakfast. Okay, let's just say those are the things. Mm -hmm. And so what you might be finding at home is you're going, get your shoes, put on your pants, and you're back and forth but they are not able to do that even one because they get distracted by other things they might get distracted by other things they might take a super duper long time to wake up in the morning which is something that's kind of common with kids with adhd is they take their I just read this super cool article about how their circadian rhythm is actually off um define what so like our typical sleep and wake cycle is like 10 o'clock, we go to sleep, da, 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 you sleep, and in the morning at 6 o'clock, we wake up and we're up. Mm-hmm. Theirs might be, they might not fall into the full sleep cycle until 1 o'clock in the morning, even though they might be in their room asleep or whatever, but they're, it might not go into a certain stage of sleep or something um, until a mm-hmm. later time, which means, you know then their wake cycle is also at a later time. And so it's, yeah, it is, I, I, it's so cool to me. And um, so what happens with these kids that are up and their parents are trying to like rally the troops because they've got to get out the door and all of the things, then it becomes a power struggle, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is not fun for anybody. And um, so... By giving them a visual, which like I usually suggest, let them do it in any order that they want. If they want to pack their backpack first and then get dressed and then eat breakfast, who cares? You're still getting the things done, but you're giving them some power. You're letting them figure out what works for them. And the visual serves as like a roadmap. And so then the conversation can change from, ah, you know, get moving, get moving, get your shoes on, we got to go, to, okay, I noticed that you already got your backpack, great job, why don't you work on this next, because I see it next on your list. Mm. So it's between them and the list, not between you and your child. And it takes people a while sometimes to kind of buy into it. But once you do, and then the kids get like, have a few like good mornings, they like that feeling. They would prefer that feeling. And so do you reward them? Then or it do becomes you just a cycle. Do... Some some people we do suggest them rewarding. Like I have one family that the little boy only likes to eat mac and cheese. And she's like, the mom is like, I can't get him up to get moving in the morning and I can't get him to eat breakfast. I'm like, what is the highest, like the most reinforcing thing that you can think of? And she's like, Oh, mac and cheese. Like hands down mac and cheese. I go, give him mac and cheese for breakfast. Good for you. 
give him mac and cheese. Did that go against so the grain, though? she just hadn't thought of it because most people don't right. like, right, eat mac and cheese for breakfast. And so then it became about, okay, as soon as you get your clothes on, your shoes on, and your backpack by the back door, you can have your mac and cheese. And you better believe that he is doing it every oh, single day. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it so is. So a task list. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's a fabulous tool mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. What is something else? It if you is. go into a house, a kid's struggling with anger, a kid's struggling with not staying not staying on task. How about just anger and causing chaos in a house? Because um, we know that happens in the classroom. Right. Okay. Yeah, let yeah. me. I'm going to ask one more thing about the task list okay. though before we move oh, on yeah. to that, okay. and then get to the anger part because I think that's the power struggle is an issue, right? And it can lead to anger on all sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times you're probably going to houses and like mm-hmm. you're looking around and going, okay, there's like 50 things. Right. Right. It's mm-hmm. not just three. Right. You mean there's like, like you're 50. looking at the house. No, I'm saying the dynamics, the dynamics in the, the conversation. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. dynamic. Like you're interacting with parents, kids. You're like there's. It's overwhelming to me even looking at this of all kind of the issues and struggles that I'm seeing. So you need to pick, right? Probably. I usually have the parents pick. So that's what I was asking. Uh So how do you work that dynamic with mom and dad? Because Mm -hmm. you're, they're going to be overwhelmed too. Right. So you're like, how do you help them decide what are the top three things? What are the things to tackle first? Right. So usually what I do before I even go meet with the parents is I've looked at the student's IEP. I've looked at what their behaviors are at school. And so then when I reach out to the parents to schedule, I will ask them, what are the three top things that are impacting your household? What are the three impact, you know, the three things that would make your home run more smoothly or make, you know, at a happy place or, you know, and progress, so, right, at least. right. It doesn't have to be perfect, but right. just making progress. Or how can I support you? Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. I'm supporting mm-hmm. the parents, really. Mm-hmm. And um, so I asked for them to give me you know, three things. And, um, we kind of work through it in the course of our conversation. So how do you help them let go on things they think they should be doing? Cause you got to even have the opposite on some ways. You got parents who are trying to do, make their kid do everything perfect. Right. So how right. do you help them figure out the things they need to let go of? Well, we do a lot Shannon's of... Shannon's got good humor. Talking. <laughs> she got good yeah. sense of humor. Laugh it <laughs> off. I Just know. laugh it off. Right. I know. I know. Well, I do spend a lot of time saying, okay, I know I'm getting out of my lane, but we're going to come back. You know, like, so... Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really honest. And I'm, I on, I'm very honest. And I say, guess what? I have one of these little people at my house, too. So we've had that struggle. And it might look a little bit different than yours. But I know how it feels now, and I know we can make it feel better for mm. both of you. And um, just having that insight of I've been in your shoes. I and you've got to build trust, I would think. Right. 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 A little bit with them. Right. Um, so I forgot what you asked You walk me. into the house. Oh, and how, how do you, t- how oh, do you yeah. help them figure out what so, to let go of? Yeah. So we talk about, okay, what is the end result? Like, what do you want? And usually by looking at that, I can go, awesome. Then really, if he does this that's on your list, you don't really care. You know, if that's in his path to getting X, Y, or Z done, let's pick the things that we're not going to address. Because sometimes we get so focused and so stuck on Mm -hmm. the things that are like not even important. So true. Right? Yes. It's true. Like yeah. the and mac we can and cheese. Just, yeah. And we can overburden our kids. Right. We can push yeah. down and on and them ourselves. So hard and, and ourselves. ourselves. Because yeah. I think that a lot of parents are so, like you said, they're so overwhelmed by all of the things. And then you don't know how to like sort through what should my priority be? Like what? Well, and for that kid. Right. Because what if you have multiple kids? Right. I mean, the other kids it could may be not... different for each yes. one. Right. Yeah, I mean, sure. and maybe that one having trouble, the others are good and don't have the IEP, right. but this one does. We've got to deal with this one, but I also have to still parent these other kids. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. You, you said, um, you kind of go in and ask, what are the three things that impact your house? Mm-hmm. Is there like a 
top three that usually comes up or top two that your most people say these are the things? Mm. Are they all different? They're no, all that different. No, I really feel like they're all different. I think people look at what's important to them personally, and a lot of times they kind of project that onto whatever scenario is going on in their house. Um, mornings are very common. Mm-hmm. Bedtime is very common. Getting homework about- done is very common. We'll talk about bedtime. Mm. Um, I'm going to task list again. Mm. I am totally going to task list. And like, for example, I might tie it into their after school routine. And again, I'm going to ask, what is the most reinforcing thing? Um, so I had somebody that I was working with last week and they said that their child is not allowed to have any video games or any like screen time during the week at all. Yet when we talked about it, that was the most reinforcing thing to this child. And, you know, this is where I kind of, you know, maybe kind of get out of my lane because it's not really my place to say, why, why are you going to die on that hill? Mm. But if that's the way their family works, you know, they have rules. Mm -hmm. However, I did say to them, okay, so if you want friend to come home and you need him to, you know, unpack his backpack, unpack his lunchbox, you need him to do his 20 minutes of reading, and you need him to do whatever to get organized for the next day. That is a okay. lot of things to do and right after school. It is. Well, and that's another thing that we talked about was he works really hard all day holding long it. These to poor hold are it all together. All of it Let together. the kid decompress right. when it comes And in. we did talk about that. We talked about setting a timer for 30 minutes and letting him just sit if he yes. wants to lay, if he wants to... Jump on the trampoline. Right. Go shoot baskets. Whatever it is, something yes. to decompress because they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, so you mean... If he does all of these things, then what is what's in it for him? Like, what does he get after that? You know, and the mom was like, well, we're going to sit down to eat dinner. Okay, so you want him to do all of these things and sit and do this and then sit and do this and then come sit. Hmm. You know, like. And I'm sure they hmm. have no thoughts on how they want their kids to behave at dinner either. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what was hard. Like I even cut down the amount of times we had family dinners through uh-huh. the week mm-hmm. and had that structure because mm-hmm. there were expectations, you know, right. especially from my husband, I will say uh-huh. we were all together, which are good. Right. They're not right. bad to have. That's great. But there were a couple of nights I was like, we need to have zero. Like if you want to come grab food and sit right. here and, and sit at the island, sit at the and, island. If yeah. you want to go outside and eat, we're all just, mm-hmm. it's on mm-hmm. your own. I yeah, will help you grab great. food because yeah. It is just a way to relax right. and like you're saying, um, cause, and it's funny, I talked to parents too about the video game yeah. issue and I know parents who die on that hill too, pretty strong. Right. And it, it, I'm listening to your conversation. I'm like, yes, maybe there's advice I was giving that was decent because it is hard. You're going, okay, if this is what they look forward to, right. is there a way that you can have these expectations of them right. and then give them some time as right. long as they've completed right. this? right. To go, because as adults, we get to make that choice. A hundred percent. We have absolutely gone through everything we need to do for the day. We get to decide when we want to do the things we like. Right. And what we have to, as adults, have to realize we have complete control over that in a lot of ways for our younger children. Right. You're not letting them figure out how to do that themselves and how to learn how to regulate themselves. Yes. So then they go crazy on the weekends. Because they'll be like, oh, they binge. They They just cannot handle... Having any free time, because that's right. they will spend eight hours. They won't eat. They right. won't go to sleep. They won't go to the I bathroom. I mean, they won't go to the bathroom. Right. No, they None don't, like, shower <laughs> when right. they're older as teens. It's like, that is, to me, in my mind, a lot of ways, those extremes are ways to build kind of this kind of almost weird, stressful, addictive type behavior. Right. 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 So then if you have parents that struggle with the rules, how much are you allowed to talk into that? Like, if you have kind of a rule-bearing house like that, like, how I mean, much... You're cringing. I right kind now. of, I know it's hard because I really am not good at minding my own business, but, but that's I probably what makes you good at your job. Well, I would say so too. And yes. just because I'm like, okay, 
just try it. Let's try it. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. How could this look and work for you? Like what is workable for you? And how could you maybe bend a little bit? So this family, we said, okay, so if friend goes through all of the things and then if as long as they finish by, let's say, 545 and you know dinner's usually at 6, could we set a timer mm-hmm. for 15 minutes? 15 minutes. 15. Like, you can barely get a game right. of Roblox in in 15 right. minutes. <laughs> right. But it has a it has requirements for the start. Mm-hmm. It has expectations for how long they'll be on. And it gives them that freedom. So mm-hmm. now they have some skin in the game because they want to, you know, watch the YouTube video or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It works. It's amazing. So I mean, it does work. It? Did that yeah. family try it? Yes, they did. Yes, did she call you and go, oh, yes. I love you? Yeah, well, it didn't quite go like that. <laughs> but I mean, it's it works. And but the thing that I said to the mom was when friend, friend. <laughs> has seven minutes left, just kind of give him a little, hey, I wanted to let you know we're gonna be eating dinner in seven minutes. You don't have to say we're turning the game off in seven minutes, but we're going to be eating dinner in seven minutes oh, and that's good because the pot you because, put the positive in there and right. not have them focus on the negative exactly and then they're at because you can tell the kids that happens with because right. they add there's this franticness right about what they're doing right <laughs> right that that's comes good. in yeah that's true that's and really and good. that countdown is important because the other thing that we run into with these kids is transitions are super hard for them. Transitions are super hard. Mm -hmm. So if you start alerting them as to when the transition is happening and what to expect, it's much easier because Mm -hmm. they don't like, get your shoes on, we got to go, turn the game off, it's time to eat dinner. That's right. That does not, it's not going to work well for Mm -hmm. anybody. So what do you tell a parent who says, I just want them to do what I say? Mm. I mean... We Good all luck. do. I mean, that's fine, but you're not going to stop the power struggle if that's right. the way you approach it. You can get that and you can achieve that, but it's, you know, it's like at a restaurant, it's all about the presentation, you mm-hmm. know, and it's true. And people, a lot of times, I think, feel like they're pandering to the kids or they're, you know, they're tiptoeing around or whatever. Verse, you're saying tiptoeing around by saying, hey, we're going to have dinner in seven minutes versus turn it off in seven minutes? Right. Like, they like, just... Like, what does it matter how I say exactly. it? Exactly. I, uh, I want them to do what I want this, them to do. That's not me. I don't talk like that. This right. is not who I am. Right. Like, you're... That's I mean, something I would totally do. Yeah. You would say that? Yeah. Back yeah. in the day, I think I've gotten yeah. better. But I could totally do that back in right. the day. Right. And, and Like, you're going to do what I say. I mean, I'm the parent. Why can't you... Why does it matter what, right. how I say it? Right. But the more you're exposed to how it affects them... Right. As a parent, I've been like... Oh, I should probably learn to do something different. Right. Yeah, because yeah. Good I mean, for you, Christy. I know. Well He's done. 19, she's 16, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're learning. Yeah. That's good for you. It is. It's hard though. I mean, it is. And sometimes yeah. when you're mad and you're rushing and you have things to get done, yeah. It's hard to do that and you just have to like dig deep down, you know, and but the more you do it, it becomes a habit so then you don't think sure. twice. It becomes about it. a part of like the rhythm yeah. of your home and how right. you operate yeah. and it does you it honestly it leads to freedom in the end right. totally does because right. your home just feels different there's yeah. less stress yes. there's yes less yelling it just it's so much better so you have right. a parent then that says i wanted to get to the anger uh-huh. part that uh-huh. because i do feel like we do a lot of times have overstressed kids in general not even just right. kids in special education 100%. like you but just overstressed kids and then that leads to I think some anger in the home, right? Because right. like you said, mom's trying to get somewhere. Dad's trying to get somewhere. You got stuff to do. You just need to do what I say. Right. Different kids running different places. Right. Power struggles, all the things. So what do you do if you have a parents who are saying, my mm-hmm. kid gets so mad. Right. Like where, like he just responds to me in anger. Mad. Like the uncontrollable. Yeah. Throwing things. Throwing slamming thing. doors. Yes. Let's go to that extreme. Yeah. So. I would be shocked if that student was not also working on that at school. So the first thing I would do is I would find out what kind of language are they using at school with Mm. this student so that I can make sure we're 
mirroring that at home. So for example, we might use the words expected or unexpected behaviors or green and red behaviors because if they're learning that in school and they're explicitly teaching that, then the kid can anchor it to something. You know, they have mm-hmm. something to tie it to and that's language that they understand. So Which they're around eight hours a day. Right. So they're in your home less. Right. So it would be smart to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the other thing we do is a visual that I love to use, and it depends on what age the student is. Like I have a kindergartner that I created a tool belt. And it really looks like a tool belt. And it's got all these things and little cards in it. And one of the cards has a picture of somebody that you can tell they're taking a deep breath. Another card has a picture of somebody hugging a stuffed animal. Another card has a picture of somebody with headphones on and you can tell there's music playing. And so you have these strategies that you're arming this child with that once they start to feel whatever it is, because they can physically feel it. I mean, I know when I am overwhelmed, it feels like there's water rising up inside my body and I can feel it and it's getting closer, you know, to Mm -hmm. my chin. And I'm like, oh, that's how I feel overwhelmed or angry or whatever. Um, And you can prompt your child and you can say, you know what, I can tell that your voice is getting louder, which tells me that you might start feeling you might be feeling anxious or frustrated or angry or something. What could we use from your tool belt? And so you got to spot it early, right? Before I mean, it starts, right? And then, like I taught this one family with this kindergartner, let's just take three cards for right now. And we practiced those cards, and they practiced those cards when they woke up in the morning and nothing mm-hmm. was wrong, or when they finished watching a TV show. And nothing was wrong. And the, you know, the, the little boy was not escalated. You know, he wasn't angry or stressed out. So he knows how to use these. Then when I see that I notice that his body's moving more or his voice is getting louder or his hands are clenched or whatever it is that I can tell that he's getting frustrated, just put those in front of him and let him pick which one. What, you know, what do you think? Because... Wait, time out. Even how uh-huh. you asked them is a good thing. Uh-huh. Which one? Right. What do you think? Right. Like even learning Calm how to... Calm voice. Right. Yeah, like... Calm voice. But even right. knowing the right way to ask the question... Right. I think is key too. Right. And they have a choice. Don't tell... You know, otherwise you get... Don't tell me to take deep breaths. Don't, you know. Yeah, or you get... And... The parent... The parent who... think This is the way we were raised, right? But it's... Right. Why are you acting that way? Right. You what's know, wrong ask, with you? What's wrong, what's wrong, wrong with, with you? you? Like, why, don't oh. yell at me. Why are you acting that way? Right. And, and it's rapid fire questions right. even too that the kids don't even know the answer to. They can't well, and they're not listening. If they're getting to that point where too. they're that elevated, they are not they listening. They just see that you're in front of them. They see your facial expression. They see that you're coming more they towards the them. Tone. They hear the tone of what, and they hear, wah, 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 you know, and they're not processing anything. And that's why you put the visuals out because they can see that and process that much better than they can process your words hmm. when they're upset. Now, do you feel like we, we're seeing more kids that are struggling with high emotion intensity than maybe we did 20? Because you've been, how long have you been right. doing this? A lot. A long time, of right? years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been, yeah. Just say a lot. It's Probably yes. it's so, almost 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So... Do you feel like there's been a change in the just the emotional intensity we've seen in kids in the last 20 years? I mean, I think expectations are through the roof. Um, for our children. For our children. Coming and, out of COVID? Um, yes. And some kids staying in for a year yes. or two after that? And not having any socialization. Nothing. And now they're expected to go back to school and sit like in a chair and different. do all the things. And yeah. And I also think that... Um, kids have more expectations placed on them, even, you know, as they're going through their high school years and stuff. And so now you have these parents that are starting in first grade, second grade, third grade, and their kids, they're starting to 
get their kids, prepare them for that, mm-hmm. you know, and. Oh, that's so true, though. It is. I mean, don't you remember when they were little and you're like, oh, junior high's coming, high school's right. coming, I'm trying to prepare versus. Right. Well, you have to get through today to just get to tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and you have to remember I that. Nap right, right. I just have to get from here to bedtime yeah. yes. today. Yeah. Like. But we were good at that when they were newborns. And at least for mm-hmm. my, I could mm-hmm. do that daily. Like, this is my. From this to nap, okay, right. now we're nap. Okay, nap to dinner. Okay, now dinner to bed. And I right. could do that. But there when, you, some, when they were little. When they were saying. little. Mm-hmm. Right. But there was something that when you get to school and then all, well, I'll probably tell you what it was too, is getting all those syllabuses or mm-hmm. spelling lists or, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what else is everybody else doing and how is their kid going and thinking about that and then being like, it's fine. It's fine if you get a 50 on your spelling. My mom right. asked me the other day, uh-huh. oh, how, how's Gentry doing in school? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like she's doing fine. You don't know her grades? She's in fourth grade, KK. Who cares? Right. Like, she's doing fine. Right. Like, she's not failing. Like, right. she's doing... Fourth grade. We don't care about her grades in fourth right. grade. Right. She's socially mm-hmm. great. She goes to school. She sometimes studies for a spelling test. She doesn't. But I was so... The whole day, that just rocked my world. Like, my mom just asked... Mm-hmm. What she listens. So hi, KK. Uh-huh. But she, she just uh-huh. asked how Gentry's doing in her grades in fourth grade. I'm so thankful I was able to be like... She's great. She's fine. Mm-hmm. She's great. And now I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm not right. going to go. Right. Yeah. I don't, and it's, it's funny because, um, fourth grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I still we have, have parents the in ex- first grade yes, that are like that, that their kids come home Say from more. school and then they go to this tutoring thing for reading and math on Tuesday, Thursday, they go oh to gosh. this tutoring thing on, you know, Tuesday, whatever, you know, two days a week. And I'm like, when do they like play (laughs) like when because that's why they go to recess and they don't know what to do and they wander around the playground right and then they struggle then in the unstructured they can't if it's not structured they don't do well because they only do well structured playing is a learning activity a hundred percent. Then say more to those parents that aren't listening, but someone will send them this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, we have to learn to get along with other people. We have to learn to join into groups and play instead of coming in and taking over. We have to learn to follow social cues that I'm trying to play chase with this friend, but they're like clearly but we don't let our scared kids. of me. Yeah. And so now, okay, what do he's, I do? he's like putting his hands up in front of his face, but I'm still playing chase like because I don't know how to read social cues. So like mm. all of those things are so important that you learn that if you never have the chance to do it, but we don't, that's, we don't let right. our kids just run out and play right. anymore. Right. Like I growing up, what was it that? Yeah. All the time. Like you would get shoved out the door, come back when the lights turn on and the sun's going down kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Mm-hmm. And we got our homework done, but we didn't have hours of homework either. Right. Um, I don't know. I feel like the homework thing has changed a little bit where maybe yeah. they don't have as much homework as they mm-hmm. did. They could probably but use a little bit more. They could probably maybe use a little, little more because I don't think Just they have much of it. Yeah. Depending, I guess, on where you're going to school and what you're doing. There is value but, in throwing your kids outside and locking mm-hmm. the door and saying, figure it out. Right. But I feel like now you get caught. Like I remember I used to let my kids walk home by themselves. And so my youngest... Was, and there'd be a whole horde of them because I was the house. All the friends came to because parents were working or whatever. So they would drop snacks off in my house beginning of the week. And the kids right. just came to my house or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, then everybody went to middle. And I had my youngest was left by herself. She's fifth grade. And so she wanted to walk home. I'd be like, okay. And so I would go out to meet her. But sometimes, I, I mean, it was probably like three quarters of a mile. You go around the block or whatever. Mm. I had a neighbor come out. And I know these neighbors and it happened a couple of times because mm-hmm. I even had actually had three different neighbors stop me at three different mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Two were kind of close to the house. One stopped me as I was out walking just by myself and said, Hey, are you letting Isabella walk home by Mm-mm. herself? Mm-mm. I was like, yeah. She goes, well, I've just been debating because she had a child the same age mm-hmm. and she was debating it mm-hmm. and her, they even lived a little closer. I'm just debating, but it makes me so nervous. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm like, I feel like she needs, they need to learn to be independent. They need to like feel very if they kind were, of sure about themselves right. and comfortable. And I'm like, I don't want her scared of the world. Like right. I am right. nervous. Right. 
Right. But and if I'm going to fight that. You should let her. She did. Yeah. She loved it because she felt mm-hmm. like she could walk and take care, you know. And she probably decompressed she a little great. bit without any like input, you know. She, in her, well, and, she has dyslexia. So the whole uh, day is very tiring for right. her. This whole school day. She was just working so hard. And she just enjoyed it a lot. She loved to walk. She still she rides her bike home. Mm-hmm. But the first couple of times, I would like stalk her in the car. Yeah. yeah. Just to be like, make uh-huh. sure. It's hard. It's so I would meet her at the, it's scary. Hard. It is mm-hmm. scary. It is. But I'm like, yeah. nope, she it wants to. She should be. And because I would yeah. rather have an independent daughter than a clingy. Right. No confidence. Well, scared daughter. of everything. Yeah. Even. I would rather have that. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like if that's the that's the end game. Right. Then she wants to do it. Okay, we got to do this. But there, I don't watch her walk home anymore, and I just trust the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. okay. But she does. There are days I'm like, she should be rolling up any minute now. Any right. minute now. And right. And two minutes. She should be here by now. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Nobody's called me. Everything's fine. Right. And then she comes around the corner. I'll be like, oh, well, I stayed and talked to so and so, and I'm like, well, good for you. Right. But it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. I'm not, it, and that, and I will say, and I want people who are listening to get, like, it, w- there were plenty of times I was nervous in my stomach. Like, and right. it, it's a, I mean, especially if maybe she was taking longer, like she decided right. to stop and talk to kids on the playground. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, she's not back here yet. And she didn't have a phone. We didn't give no. phones to our kids. No right. You know, and so then I'm walking further and I don't see her. I don't see her. You know, it's so those things would happen, right? Right. To where, you know, but then you're balancing that with what you get from it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the call, right? It's the, that's the, how much value do you place and kind of the. It's the freedom. It's them having trust, you know, like we did that. We did that. And one time my daughter went to somebody's house oh, no. and didn't come straight home. And the only thing that was good that came from that was that we had the conversation. You know what? You were doing such a great job coming straight home. If you're going to do that, we need to make the plan in the morning. And, you know, you don't get to have those conversations if you don't give them a little bit of rope. And that's the kind of stuff my mom, right. I mean, that stuff happened to our parents all the time. Yes. Like we would disappear and they didn't know where we were. And they're calling they friends and whatever. Nope. No, there was no calling well, Mine friends. would call. My uh-huh. mom would call like uh-huh. this no. parent and this parent has uh-huh. uh-huh. seen. No. Uh-huh. There's no calling. <laughs> there was just, you'll show up at some point and we'll all be fine. That, right. Yeah. Right. That's true. I, I know families that was true yeah, for, absolutely. but I mean, I, okay, I don't know about- how to fix that. So then, the, and I know, um, you've got a question too, Christy. So then I guess that's my second one mm-hmm. is the controlling parent, but the anxiety parent. Oh, there. Oh, oh is there any parent or the anxiety, the anxiety parent okay. then uh-huh. who parents with the anxiety of my kid's not going to do good enough in school. I'm scared mm-hmm. of that. If I don't do this, 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 my kid's never right. going to do this. My kid's going to get hurt if I let them do xyz like you have to come up against that too i'm sure right right and yes definitely honestly about this right well and you know i think that a lot of times our friends that do have ieps that have disabilities their parents are very aware of that because there's a part of them i think naturally that's I want them to look like everybody else and do like everybody else and progress like everybody else. And so then you have that coupled with that. Then they start hovering and then, you know, so that creates a whole different kind of storm and you have to really help them work through. Okay. So let's look at that. Like I had one student when I was still teaching that we would like, text the dad or email the dad during the day and we'd be like hey guess what he climbed up on that little bar where you put your leg over and you do a little spinny thing or whatever it's called and he did it and the dad would come back like how could you let him do that who was standing there and I'm like hold on because he's super proud Mm. like and you have to like talk them through okay so the worst thing that would happen is that he would fall. And I mean, if his pants get dirty, it's fine. If he hurts his knee, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, we hope he doesn't break his arm or, you know, Mm -hmm. break his head open or whatever. But we talk about that. They never get to have the feeling of proud. 
if you never give them a chance. And all they know is that either my mom can do my homework better than I can. That's the message you send. Or they don't trust me to do that. Or... Or never take a risk. Right. Or I'm not going to try because... Right. And then you have kids that are perfectionists. And then they have their own anxiety and their own set of things to work through that turn Mm -hmm. into behaviors. And now you've got something else you've got to work through. It's hard. It's hard. And there are parents Mm -hmm. that fight back and they're like, but, 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 mm -mm. let's talk about some things that we can let them take risks on or that we can pull back on. Like if we know the stakes are not that high, let's pull back on whatever it is. Um, Okay. So let's say they put on an outfit that doesn't match if they're getting dressed in the morning. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I know that I have one in my house that Mm -hmm. went to school and some days she would have like, I don't know, the plastic Barbie shoes on and sweatpants and a sparkly shirt. And she was like all about it. And I had to get over myself that those pants don't go with that. And we don't wear Barbie shoes out of the house, whatever. Like, who cares? Because I guarantee you, when they walked into school, nobody judged you as a parent. Nobody said, "Mm, we need to call CPS because she's wearing Barbie shoes. Like, none of that is happening. Mm -hmm. But the parents of these kids that they want to look like everybody else or fit in with. Well, and they're scared of the kids some, right? Right. You don't want the kids picking on your kid. Right. And so you're trying to do, you so you're what? over extent, you're over kind of extending in that area. Right. But trying you know to make what? them look perfect. I have to tell you, and this is something that makes me really super happy to be able to say in all my years, and I don't know if you've had the same experience, but in all my years, I have only seen kids be kind. Like in elementary school, it is one of the most beautiful things to watch the other kids take somebody under their wing mm-hmm. or help them do something or make them a part of the group. Like, these parents that come to us and they say, I don't want people bullying them or making fun of them. Or if you could have a minute to see it from what really happens, we have kind kids. Yeah, Kids yeah. are kind unless at home, somebody's teaching them not to be kind. Like for the most part, they're very kind. No, I, I mean, because I will say, because you asked me if I'd seen, I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen kids be mean too. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. but I will say overwhelmingly the majority mm-hmm. are sweet and kind. And obviously sometimes they're overly honest and they don't mean to hurt feelings, Right. but sometimes they do. And then right. that's just another avenue to work through with your kids and your class and right. everything else. But for the most part, which is why I loved public education. Right. I mean, I just loved it so much yes. because you're right. I mean, for the most part, um, the kids are great. I think the playground mm-hmm. rules can be a little harsh, you know, mm-hmm. but I think again, it's the, you're learning the social dynamics. Right. And my son even came, there were, it's always the, you know, pop-up soccer games and basketball right. games for the boys. Right. And, right. and the girls. They and get the girls. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. and the girls. Uh-huh. You're right. It wasn't for my girls, but uh-huh. <laughs> I know it is for others. Um, but for my son and they would get, things would get so heated and they would be mean to each other right. because oh, yeah. big time. Cause they want, if you messed up their team, it didn't matter if they had just yeah. done this thing right. at recess, like right. they wanted to win. Ginger just got thrown so, down last week. A boy got yeah. so mad at her. He took her, she had a sweatshirt on. He took her sweatshirt and jerked her to the ground. And I was like, how did you handle that? She goes, I went back and scored on him. And I was like, of course you did. Well, see, and my son, what's funny is some of the ones that he had the hardest time with, those boys that they were friends and all that, they're super close now. They're tight. They're in college together. Uh They're like, I mean. Because they worked it out over time on it. They stayed friends. They stayed versus pulling them out and saying, oh, they can't do, you know. You have to stay in it to kind of work through it too. Mm-hmm. But, and so you do have to be willing to watch, that's the other, to watch your kids suffer a little bit. Yes. It's okay to see them struggle. And, and struggle they, is good. I think that's really hard on parents. And sometimes you're hearing them suffering and struggle with the same thing every day for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, a long mm-hmm. time. 
Mm-hmm. And so if there's someone that struggles with a certain thing like anxiety or fear of things or social issues, you're going to be helping them through this for years. Right. It's not fixed overnight. Like right. Paul said, when you have right? babies, you're grounded for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And then, so just remember and that. And you you're put a big it. gap on yours, so you're grounded for I'm a lot longer. I've already done the math on that. Uh-huh. Keep uh-huh. going. Keep going. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up, you know. I think it's you're in it for the long haul. Like you parenting, are. you're right. in it for the long haul. You are in it for the long yeah. haul. So how did um you had did you have another question, Christy? I was before? gonna talk about emotionally immature yeah. kids in the classroom or even at home. Somebody mm-hmm. said that the other day. They think that their son, he's a freshman and he and the dad kept on saying, I just think he's emotionally immature because he is younger because they didn't hold they didn't hold him back. Mm-hmm. And how and but the parents were great on helping him process. I really don't have a question because I haven't thought about it, but I know it's a big deal. So his emotional mm-hmm. quotient maybe isn't as high Very as they would like it IQ. to be. How do you help your kids? sort through feelings because they feel left out or they feel like they're being bullied. They feel like they're being, they're a victim of something in reality. They're probably not. They just Mm -hmm. emotionally aren't on the same level as other kids. Right. Well, okay. So you just said it is that, and I spend a lot of time telling this to parents too. If your kid has ADHD, because that's, you know, a big Mm -hmm. one that we deal with is they are, two to three years behind their peers socially. Hmm. They are. And that's not just me saying that. That is, you know, it's studies and everything. And is, is. That, are you, is that always, does that ever catch up? When does um, that catch up? You know, I don't. In 25, 26. Right. Is it I when mean, everybody's fully, when the frontal lobes, but then they're three years behind that. So right, 28 but, for them? The the that thing work? that parents don't understand, like they'll say to me, he just can't blah, 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 whatever the social thing is. He just can't join in when friends are playing. And I'm like, yes, he can't. Like, he does not know how. Like, that's the key. And once you realize that and you know that you have to teach that, so... I know at my house, we spent time saying, okay, so we're going to a Girl Scout meeting. And when we get there, you are going to sit in a circle at the beginning. When you sit in the circle and everybody has to talk about whatever the given topic is, your job is to listen to everything that everybody says and then make your comment. Or when we get there and everybody's just chit-chatting at the beginning, you have to go in, join a group, listen to what they're talking about, and then participate in that. You can't just go in and go, oh my gosh, I just got new shoes or whatever. And interrupt their conversation. Right, which is something that happens often. But you have to explicitly teach these things. You have to practice it. You have to talk about it in the car on the way to Mm -hmm. Girl Scouts. You have to talk about it in the car on the way to the sixth grade school dance. What am I going to do? You know, what is appropriate and not appropriate? And I think parents think that they should just know and they get frustrated when it doesn't happen but we have to teach these kids these mm-hmm. skills. And I think that's a mm-hmm. lot of kids nowadays because we mm-hmm. don't live, give them the freedom to go right. practice. So I think we have to teach a lot mm-hmm. of kids the skills, not right. even just the kids with ADHD. Right. right. So what do you do then if, I mean, role so play. the child... We role play in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say great. this, you're going to say that, and they're like, right. oh, but I'm like, no, you have to know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. And right. you're risking rejection. Right. And so... If well, you, that first rejection that comes, they go, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, so that's okay. We, Let's go home and get in bed, honey. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That'll work for uh, tonight. What do we do right. to watch YouTube? Right. No, you know, um, for some of our kids, we create social stories and we talk about to, when we go to the park, there will be lots of kids. Sometimes I play with these kids. Sometimes I play with these kids. Sometimes the kids don't want to play. And when somebody says no, then I might go to another friend, you know, and you talk about those scenarios. And um, I write a lot of social stories and I laugh sometimes, like when I read back through and I read, I'm like, oh my gosh. And it just sounds silly, but it works. It does work. And (laughs) I mean, you do. And you have to teach the parents 
Read it when you're taking a bath. Read it when you're going to bed. Read it when you're in the car. Read it before you go and to... And there's so many cool things. Like when I was teaching, oh. we didn't have Canva. We didn't have all oh. this stuff to make these cool, cute little books Girl, of social stories I am that like, all these behaviorists are doing now. I'm like, I, mean, I would have killed for that. I am becoming so very fun. tech savvy, I yes, must say. I'll bet. I must say. <laughs> That's I awesome. I mean, So do you make boxes. them make these um, social stories into books and give them to parents? I to do. Use? I do. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's specific to their family. To their family. So I oh, use wow. their the child's name in it. And so I sweet. might use their school name in it. I um, Yes, because then it's meaningful to them. Yes. And they know so how awesome. to do it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's yeah. listening so and wants one, mm-hmm. contact Just call me. me. Or call me and I'll give you Shannon's yeah. phone number. Call me. I'll write you a story. story. Oh, That's so yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. That's so great. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you hear one of some of the biggest when you're like your success stories, these uh-huh. kids that you just walk into the home, things are hard and you build a relationship with mom, dad, uh-huh. step parents, all, you know, mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, grandparents, whoever's involved in the kids families. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then plus the child, like, what do you see the benefit of what you do? Like for the parents, if parents are listening, going, I don't know if I want someone in my ha- to invite someone into right. my house to do this with me. Right. Why well, should their answer be yes, you do? Well, so first of all, let me clarify one thing. I did have one family that said, did they send you here because I'm in trouble? And I was like, no, you're not in trouble, you know. So well, I'm sure they, feel they that did. Way. They did. Yeah. The mom, like we talked for probably two and a half hours. And at the end, wow. her son happened to be there. Usually the kids are not there, but her son happened to be there. And she asked him to excuse himself for a minute. And she looked at me and she was like, did they send you because I'm in trouble? Oh, and I was her. like, oh, no. No, 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 no. I mean, and we had had tea and we had chatted and we cried and we, you know, so. That's got to be a scary feeling uh, as a parent. Yes. Yes. And I I might know some tricks, but trust me, I need somebody to come into my house. Like I'm no better than you are. I can look at your kid and do it, you know. Right. So I certainly don't want anybody to think that. But um, people are calmer like they're not walking on eggshells that their kid is gonna be at the park and like punch somebody in the nose mm. that's a benefit or, of working with yes, someone like you who's helped yes, them find freedom right in, what the, in their parenting yes I mean and you don't feel so stressed out and you don't feel so shameful mm. um, because a lot of people feel shameful about it and um you you trust that you can work through whatever it is you know that's put in front of you you can work through it it might take 25 times of taking your kid back to the kitchen table because they're supposed to sit and eat their snack until the timer goes off or whatever but guess what that 26th time and they do it you're like yes Yes. you know and it feels good and the kid feels good Mm -hmm. and the parent feels good and then everybody's happy yeah, you just right. can take a breather. And I'm sure what you're working on day to day in an individual home will mm-hmm. change because the kids grow, the kids yes. grow, the kids change, yes. everybody changes. So to expect your home to stay the same all the time is just right. not even realistic either, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. Your job yeah. sounds amazing. Oh my God, seriously, it's the best job. It is yeah. the uh, it is the best job. That's it truly sweet. is. Before mm-hmm. we end, I do. Mm-hmm. You mentioned transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany Green, who is our mm-hmm. girls minister here, mm-hmm. um, she was talking to another youth pastor somewhere else, and they talked about moving in between from going to like big church to going to small groups and small groups to big church. And he uh-huh. made the comment to her like, "Our kids are really bad at transitions, mm-hmm. literally physical transitions, walking. Yes. Like it causes them anxiety. So mm-hmm. they've even done a better job." Or a different job over at blue on their transitions. But mm-hmm. you said it. And I, even when she said that a while ago, I thought that's really interesting that even as a whole, but if you go to middle school, you're moving from class to class. Mm-hmm. What causes transition anxiety? What causes us to have problems with that? And then how do we do better job? Fixing um, it? I think it can be caused by anxiety. I think it can be caused by, Um, If they don't know what to expect on the other side of the transition, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that makes transitions difficult um, is that when a kid is engaged 
and then you ask them to disengage, how much time does it take them to then come to the next spot and re-engage? You know, that's hard. And they know that. Like kids that have that problem, they know that they have that problem, which is, you know, Mm. it's, it's, they know themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, I mean, something that can make transitions easier is, okay, so we're, when we finish up here, we're going to, um, gather up our stuff, walk to wherever. When we get there, I need to see you do X, Y, or Z. Because then there's not a question. They know what is expected of them. So they know that they can get there and they can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I and sometimes think that's if transitions important. have time, right? To mm-hmm. where there's even engaging with people, talking to people, right. moving around people, right. space-wise, bathrooms, all these things right. that could happen in this small period of time. Right. That's a lot of one thing after the other and multitasking. Right. But I do think our kids in general, not even kids with ADHD or learning disabilities uh-huh. or special needs struggle with. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I've known kids that have told me every time the bell rang and I, and I could see the clock and I knew it was getting close. Right. I would start anxiety in my stomach six to seven times a day really? every right. day at school. That's mm-hmm. horrible. And, um, and I believe, and it hasn't been a small, I know a lot of people that have said right. that. Right. Well, and so it is hard. It mm-hmm. is sad. It's hard to think of. Even, you know, even for middle school. Who am I going to talk to in the hall? Yeah. Is anybody going to talk exactly. to me? Is somebody going to bump into me? Am I going to drop ra- something? Is the bathroom lo- line going to be too right. long? Am I going to be able right. to go? I do think that in some schools are even moving to block scheduling for we middle school. That. Even we have it now Staley. in Frisco. Mm-hmm. Because of that, that mm-hmm. there was too many transitions through the day. Right. So an administrator told me that they were realizing it wasn't good for their kid. Their kids right. were having a hard time with that many transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense at church. We'd be seeing it too. I mean, that's true. I just thought it was cool. I've never thought that's about kids having anxiety moving from one place to another place. And then even mm-hmm. seeing it when you ask them to move within church or moving from in the home to out of the home or from the so car. So you've back never had that anxiety yourself? I, as you were talking, I was like, do I get anxiety about leaving or moving I don't because see I did as a kid I was one of those that Mm -hmm. before the bell rang I would start getting nervous every Mm -hmm. single time for a while Mm -hmm. I don't think I did but I've never really thought I mean I guess I would know Uh right you would because you would like I identify like do you still like I'm an over preparer for sure because I had the anxiety I do not want to forget something. I yep. do not like want my to husband be... laughs at me because I want mm-hmm. to be at the airport oh. three hours ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, airport's a different thing. Okay. The plane but will leave true. if you're not mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Small detail. But even, I mean, it's part of the transitions of not knowing what's going to happen when yes. you get to the airport yes. from here right. to there. Right. right. So then you just translate that into anything else. Like if I'm going right. somewhere for so any interviews, appointments, I will always show up always. on time. I am. Mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to be on time. I am always early. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause maybe sure. I'm an over preparer. Right. Yeah. But I've never thought, I think mean, I've, I just have done it. I've never had like angst or a feeling in my belly. About right. It. So anytime we have a guest on, first of all, sure. thank you. Before uh-huh. you go, thank this, you. you're awesome. Thank I you. I appreciate talking to you. It's been a lot of fun. We thank may have to you. get a, a specific topic and bring her back for a specific thing that yeah. we can study on and Y'all all that kind of stuff on your own just let me know yes <laughs> i love so it i love it so i love it jam yeah um okay we ask you just some fun questions okay so what is the last show that you binge watched and loved oh uh my daughter and i watched cold case files oh <gasps> yeah, that's a great show isn't that crazy yes we were like obsessed like obsessed. some of that's graphic and gory too. it is what is something that people often get wrong about you People often get wrong about me. I don't know. Maybe they think that I um, am like, because I'm a pretty like nice person, mm-hmm. like in general, but like they're shocked to know that like I scream at my house and <laughs> like scream at my kids and Mm-hmm. I do. I, think I've seen that I go crazy. I'm sure you uh-huh. have. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It makes you yeah. human. It's yeah. good and loud. Right. Yeah. I cannot mm-hmm. picture it. I'm I sorry. do. <laughs> I totally do. She can get on mm-hmm. them. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, this is a weird one. Oh, that's even better. I cannot stand it when men scrunch their sleeves like this. 
Oh, scrunch them up to their elbows? Yeah, kind of like thing? not the roll, not the nice, yeah. neat, like yeah. planned out roll, but the like scrunch. The sweatshirt that just kind of goes up. Yes, I can't stand it. Like if so my husband, no. And he knows, like, I'll look at him and he's like, oh, slide it down, <laughs> you down. know, like, I don't know why I cannot I'm, roll so it. So you said when men do it, is it okay when right. women do it? I don't know that I've noticed what, but like, you see, I have like a yeah, nice Yeah, you have it roll rolled yourself. You don't have it I don't scrunch. scrunch. That's I don't like That's scrunch. Awesome. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. The noisy narrative is about mm-hmm. cutting through the noise and getting to the heart of the matter. What is your narrative right now? Kind of what season are you in? Blank narrative. Um... My narrative right now is getting used to less people in my house, Mm -hmm. you know, with my son who's now away at school and um, making this relationship between my husband and my daughter and I that's really kind of nice getting to find that and where we all fit in with that. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, it is. It's nice. I really am enjoying it. I love it. Jacob. (laughs) I mean, we miss you too. You're a ghost at your funeral. What do you hope people say about you as they look like you're a ghost at your funeral or uh-huh. you're up in heaven looking down at your funeral? What do you hope people say about you? Hmm. Maybe just that. That I made them feel a part of things. Mm. I always want people, you know, I don't want to feel like I've pushed anybody out. That if they, you know, if they needed to be a part of something it, that I was a part of, that I welcomed them. You included them in one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. We do need to say, too, thank you for all of that. Thank you. And for all of your time. There's an element, too, with you're de- dealing with this at home, the struggles at kids, the struggles is to the not forget struggles. the parenting struggles. That you shouldn't be, you, you said that word shame. You shouldn't be ashamed of it at all. You should be able to have like your life group people, your community of people that you can talk to that can pray for you, that can lift up your kid, not always offer advice, but just listen. Yes. Like when you're having a bad day and just love you and give you scripture and God's truth to go back to. And so I just think we need to be mindful of Mm. you're not doing this alone. There's so many other ladies and husbands that have walked this path and there's so many resources, but Mm -hmm. using your friends that are like-minded and your life group and your Bible Mm -hmm. study and your mops and your... And if you don't have that, mm-hmm. first best of Frisco does. Right. So come see us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But well, and my thing too is just be okay with the unexpected, right? Yeah. I mean, I just, we like to structure everything. We like things. We have these perceived goals we have in mind mm-hmm. that we want everybody, including our children, spouses, whoever to move towards. And, but just expect they, and they for it not, there. they won't, They're, it's going to be, you know, they and all have their own spouse. wills and minds and decisions. And I guess, I don't know, things change. It's not the mm-hmm. same. So even if you're having a hard day today, tomorrow's a new day, right. but if you're having a good day today, tomorrow may not be as good. That's right. <laughs> right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Which I think Expect the unexpected. You said something that it reminded me of this song. And I just, because people can have this feeling where there is no hope, mm. but the, my hope is built on nothing less. Oh yes. Then. Noisy narratives, good song to end on. All other ground is sinking sand. Anyway, that's it from us, guys. Until next week, this is Noisy Narratives out. Bye. Life can be amazing.